0: Hello, my friends of sports history. This is Darren Hayes of the Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. Welcome once again to the Pig Pen, your portal to all things great in sports history. And welcome to your sports break for this January 21st edition. As we will talk about some of the great milestone moments in sports history, some of the athletes that participated in them, and the uniform numbers that they may have worn during those contests. So, before we do that, let's make sure you know how to get a hold of us. We love to have your feedback, love to be in contact with you. So, one way you can get in contact Contact with us is email. Pigskin at gmail.com is one way to do it. Also, you can DM us on Twitter. We are at Pigskin Dispatch or on Facebook. We have the Pigskin Dispatch channel. So, great ways to get a hold of us and communicate. And uh, we'd love to have your follows on those social media as well. Now, let's get into those uniform numbers we'll talk about today. Those numbers are 7, 14, 9, 89, 12, 13, 45, 27, 32, 26, 12, 21, 5, 4, and number 66. It all starts in 1930 on January 21st when Cooney Whelan, who put on a number 7 sweater for the Boston Bruins, scored the franchise's 100th goal of the season in a 5-1 thwarting of the Chicago Blackhawks to help the Bruins become the first NHL franchise in history to post 100 goals in a single season. January 21st, 1954, Bob Cousy of the Boston Celtics leads his East All-Star team to a 98-93 victory over the West by scoring 10 points in just the overtime session. Cousy, wearing a number 14, was handed the Most Valuable Player Award for this great uh, endeavors, especially not that overtime thing. And if you remember back on the January 15th post that we had, the great guard would later win the NBA All-Star Game Most Valuable Player Award for the 1957 game game as well. In 1958, at the NBA All-Star Game on January 21st, Bob Pettit, wearing number nine for the Western All-Star Squad, became the first member of the losing team to receive the Most Valuable Player honors. When he was given that in 1958, Pettit, who normally played with the St. Louis Hawks that season, hauled down 26 rebounds and scored 28 points to keep the West in the game during the 118-130 loss. The Athletic Center would go on to win the All-Star game mvp honor four times in his illustrious career on january 21st 1968 the 18th nfl pro bowl game was played at the los angeles memorial coliseum the west beat the east 38 to 20 most valuable players were chicago bears halfback number 40 gale sayers and on defense it was green bay packers defensive tackle number 89 dave robinson in 1968, on January 21st, that same day as the NFL Pro Bowl we just talked about, the American Football League had their seventh all star game, this one on the other coast at the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville, Florida. The Eastern Division defeated the Western Division 25 24. The MVPs were the duel of the New York Jets number 12 quarterback Joe Namath and his flanker partner number 13 Don Maynard and Los Angeles Chargers returner defensive back Speedy Duncan, who wore number 45. January 21, 1969, the 22nd NHL All-Star Game took place at the Montreal Forum, and the Western Division tied the Eastern Division 3-all. Most valuable player in the game was Frank Malkovich, number 27, the left wing for the Detroit Red Wings. In 1973, on the 21st of January, the 23rd NFL Pro Bowl took place at Texas Stadium in Irving. The AFC defeated the NFC 33-28 in that game, and the MVP was Buffalo Bills running back number 32, O.J. Simpson. In 1975, on this date, the 28th NHL All-Star Game took place in Montreal. The Wales Conference defeated the Campbell Conference 7-1, and MVP was Sil Apps Jr., Number 26 from the Pittsburgh Penguins, their center. And in 1979, a very m- memorable moment: January 21st, Super Bowl 13 at the Miami Orange Bowl. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Dallas Cowboys in one of the greatest Super Bowls ever played. Final score was 35-31. Most valuable player was Pittsburgh's quarterback, number 12, Terry Bradshaw. we have some interesting sports stories that happened in january 21st in 1980 on the 21st of january a long shot in the history of college basketball and probably the sport in general occurred at the tully gym as virginia tech's les henson who wore number 21 sunk a, a shot 89 foot three inches long to carry virginia tech over florida 79 77. remember that this was only worth two points in that era because the three-point shot did not arrive in the NCAA rulebook until 1986, some six years after this game. At first, the shot was recorded as 93 feet, but later it was adjusted. Needless to say, it was long enough to earn Henson a spot in the Guinness Book of World Records. The record has since been surpassed, but those that followed the Virginia Tech basketball program will always remember the shot that became known as The Henson Heave. January 21, 1985, the New York Islanders great number 5 Dennis Potvin who tied the legendary number 4 Bobby Orr's career record of 270 NHL career goals. In 1990 on the 21st of January, the 41st NHL All-Star Game took place at the Civic Arena, the Igloo in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where the Wales Conference defeated the Campbell Conference 12 to 7. The most valuable player was the hometown guy Pittsburgh Penguin center number 66 Mario Lemieux. And finally, we come to 2007, January 21st. History was made when the first black head coach to lead their team to a Super Bowl was accomplished. In fact, two of them, as Tony Dungy and his Indianapolis Colts earned the right to face Lovie Smith and the Chicago Bears in Super Bowl 41. Almost a year today, that feat was repeated when Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers took his team to the big game and later won it all. The Colts-Bears game will be played on February 4th, 2007 with Dungy and the Colts lifting the Lombardi. And it sounds like a great story that we may be talking about on the February 4th sports break. So, till then... You, know, you can listen to some other great episodes because we're going to be having a bunch of each daily uh, sports breaks coming out as we do each and every day of the year uh, you can go back and listen to any day of the year that you'd like uh, we have them covered, I believe we started this in April on the audio uh, we have been doing the written version on jerseydispatch.com uh, well, for over a year now, we're into the, the recycling of some of this item so great, great stuff there we also have a daily on Pigskin Dispatch Uh, if you're not familiar with it you can go to the front page any day at pigskindispatch.com and look at that and uh, you'll see the daily events that happen in football we're also having some other daily posts that are coming up some pertaining to the day some uh, off topic and just talking about some other elements of football history but we always have some great stuff and a great way to see all of that is to get our daily newsletter really easy to sign up for go to pigskindispatch.com or jerseydispatch.com at the top or the show notes of this very podcast, there's a sign-up link there. I answer two questions, your name, your email, and every day, 6.30 a.m. Eastern, you will get a copy of what's going on with the Pigpen. JerseyDispatch.com, PigskinDispatch.com, Orville Mulligan, uh, Sports Writer, and many things that are happening on network.com. So, till tomorrow, everybody, have a great Sports History Day. This penalty kill is almost over. I got to get back out on the ice. But thanks again for joining us for another great edition of Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. We'll see you tomorrow.